Hallelujah. Well, um, I had no plans to do anything concerning any of the current issues um, and just thought to go strictly into the Word tonight, but he, he's just really pulling me aside to do a little bit more, and uh, I'll listen to the Lord wherever He takes me, and then we're going to go into, um, it's not a two-part, it's actually a one-part altogether, but we'll transition into some of the current issues of the day into a prophecy um, that we received a couple of weeks ago, and it just continues to define our blueprint. Hey, the blueprint for 2020, it, it continues on, but there's a blueprint for 2021, 2022, 22. There's a personal blueprint for you, and there's a corporate blueprint for this church, and uh, the Lord from heaven keeps speaking. He never, he never stops, and he's speaking through the Holy Spirit, so there's always instruction, and we've got our instruction, but tonight's message is, I don't always have to put a title on it, but I do to help kind of get people to know where, uh, how they can locate certain messages. This is facts, reality, and truth. Facts, reality, and truth. Agree with me, please, and pray for me. Hallelujah. Father, I worship you. We are so encouraged, and I don't say that, Father, you know I'm encouraged, and you know we are encouraged, those of you that are, those of us, rather, that are spending time in your presence and your word. We speak life into the midst of this service, Lord. I pray that supernatural things will continue to unfold. Lord, I expect any time, and even now, that the blind see, and that the lame walk, and the deaf hear, and the dumb speak, and the dead are raised, and demoniacs are set free, and maimed are made whole, and continuation of the harvest as we speak and we bless you and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus name amen facts we're going to go to word here in a little bit and get some get into some truth but facts Joe Biden is the president of the United States somebody said well no he's not mine well I can't do anything for you on that you're going to have to make those decisions concerning but I'm telling you Factually, he is the president of the United States, and you need to acknowledge that. Um, you need to acknowledge that fact and that reality. And, but how do we treat that? How do we treat that in truth? First of all, let's go to uh, 1 Timothy. This is familiar. This is not anywhere out of the unfamiliar or out in the unfamiliar. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings. And that would today would be like you consider the, the president of the United States. And for all men that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the end of that portion of Scripture that I want to read. Let me just make some comments concerning that. Um, if you do not submit to this truth, 
then you become part of the rebellion. Okay? Uh, Pastor, does that mean I have to agree with policies? Absolutely not. You can vehemently disagree. Um, you can disagree in prayer. You can disagree with your vote. You can disagree in intercession. Um, I won't go into the list of everything. There's just no surprise in the first couple of days. You know, no surprise. The, the validation of the transgender uh, policies in our military, um, the, uh, what is it called, the uh, Keystone Pipeline, um, stopping the flow of uh, natural oil and gases, which would then make us dependent um, on other foreign countries and weakens has the, uh, it will, it'll weaken uh, the United States' sovereignty and take away a lot of jobs, a lot of changes, stopping, immediately stopping the building of the wall, um, the different things on immigration that have been, just in a stroke of a pen, see that's why it's so important, just in a stroke of a pen, many things you do not have to be voted on in Congress, just executive orders, all, there was like, uh, I don't know, so, so many of them. You can, you can uh, go on the website and find out. It was, uh, it was a direct um, reversal of everything that President Trump had done in the last four years. In other words, that's the power of presidency. That's why you fight in prayer. That's why you fight because once a president goes in there, he has the power just with a stroke of a pen, without Senate, without Congress, without any other just to change a whole bunch of stuff. He can't change everything, but he can change a whole bunch of stuff at the stroke of a pen. Um, but despite that, the Lord has asked us in his word, no, he has not asked us, he has commanded us by Paul's exhortation to pray for all these men that are in authority. You say, well, I'm not praying for it. Well, then you go from being part of a solution to being part of a problem. Then you become part of a rebellion. Well, what do you pray? You pray, one, that they become born again. That Jesus somehow shows up in President Biden's life. Somebody said, well, I'm waiting for pre President Trump is not coming back this term. He's not. There's no coup. There's no civil war going to take place. He's not coming. He may again in the future. That would be, that would be wonderful. But if you're saying, well, I'm just going to, no, now you, there's another direction that God's taking. Well, I'm part of the remnant. No, there's no more remnant in God's mind for that issue. There's no Gideon's army in God's mind concerning that issue right now. There's a Gideon's army and there's a remnant that's supposed to be fighting for revival and for change of the nation. And that may involve President Trump in the future. It may. I, I'd really hope it does. But he's asked us to pray. And here's the other thing, too. If you don't pray, if you don't pray, 
the possibility of you being able to, ch- even though we see that there is, according to Christian standards, those decisions are totally wrong. But if we don't pray, I mean, decisions that are being made executively, your prayers can lessen. They can lessen the evil influences. Certain things may not come about by your prayers, our prayers. Let's just talk about this is let's let's talk just for a moment about first of all the prophets. And boy, I just love them. I just I really do. And I all the men that I listened to, there's none of them that I felt like were at their core. Really I, I liked them all, really, and still love them. So and I haven't been listening to anybody, so I don't know if they're so here's a good thing. I'm in good conscience because I don't know if they're still saying it or not saying it. Some of them at the end were still prophesying still prophesying and they still may be prophesying i exhorted this sunday but i didn't read it but you need to you need to read it with me let's go to jeremiah chapter 28 And so, can I say this and do love and respect? Even if you don't, even if you don't agree, and we obviously, by the standards of the word, there is so much we don't agree with concerning the executive orders and where things may be going and where they are going. I mean, there was no surprise. We, you know, we were told this was what's going to happen, and it didn't shock. It was like, no, they they did exactly what they said they were going to do. Okay. But here's the thing, and please, if you become a part of those, now we respect the office and we're commanded to pray. But then if you start being part of the ones that, like on Facebook, and I don't have Facebook, so I don't know, sends out really mean stuff or mean memes and all that you're now you're out of order sorry you're out of order and you can't be sarcastic and mean like that in one area and then turn around and say well I'm going to raise the dead you can't do it say pastor this is not I don't understand no listen you don't know my stand for righteousness hasn't changed a bit I just know when God is going to do something I don't know how he's going to do it but I know when he starts doing something as I said Sunday he's forced now to go a different way and if you cling on to one thing and don't follow God the clouds moving He's got a big plan. God's got a really, he's a long-term kind of plan God. And uh, I like, personally, I like things to get fixed like yesterday. <laughs> like, come on, God. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, but I'm going to fix this. 
I'm going to fix it. One thing checking to see if I can even say something because part of what I'm about to say is to talk about how slow we need to be in the future but about information and those kinds of things but somebody sent me today that's really slow on this real slow they're real slow on passing out information and it was uh Looked like from a credible source. It wasn't like from some, you know, it's like a nationally publicized that um, Virginia has decided that, uh, not by popular opinion, I, it, it looked like it was, and I don't know all the facts, so I've got to be slow on this, that ver- the state of Virginia decided that uh, the process of the mail-in ballots that they sent out they're declaring it now to be illegal the way they did it is that going to reverse anything no but what i'm saying is that is uh, that is what i'm saying that for is this my expectation is in the next four years the next few few years even there, there's going to con- be a continual continual flood of national information that is going to begin to show um, a lot more than what people knew. Okay? Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So God is, God is at work. I'm just telling you, God is at work. And He's at work bigger than what we know. Okay? But I want us to look at Jeremiah for a moment and uh, for a little bit, and then we need to get on to another part of which is very much a part of this. Now, this is Jeremiah, and I, I said I exhorted this, but I want you to actually see it with your own eyes. Uh, this is Jeremiah, and he is quick synopsis. Uh, we think of Israel as one nation, but Israel divided early on after Solomon, and they became two nations, all Jews, all Israelites, but a northern and southern kingdom. Northern kingdom was commonly called Israel, southern kingdom Judah, uh, which was comprised primarily of the tribe of Judah. The northern kingdom was went into captivity much earlier than the southern kingdom because the southern kingdom had, let's say this, good, more good kings if you'd say our vernacular, more good presidents, okay? So it took them, I think, about 100 years more to go into captivity. But Judah, which had Jerusalem in it, which was the capital uh, and, and the temple, had already been, at this point in time, in chapter 28, had already been invaded once by Nebuchadnezzar which took everybody to Babylon, which that was Daniel and all of his friends. And so if you're reading through the Old Testament, you're going to find out that a big part of the Old Testament is comprised around uh, the prophecies of the 
Babylonian captivities that, you know, what was going to take place and uh, what did, play, did, did take place. So, you know, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther's, you know, the story of Esther, um, all kinds of, you know, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all these guys are either prophesying around or during or just after that time. So, um, so we, we come to chapter 28, and Jeremiah is very much engaged here in this particular portion of Scripture. And it came to pass the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was in Gibeon, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord in the presence, this is quite an audience, of the priest, of the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now get this, they've already been carried away, but he's, there's a remnant there that's still left in Judah. And this guy, prophet Hananiah, is prophesying before the king Zedekiah. Well, King Zedekiah, I'll just tell you this, he's kind of a puppet king that was set up by um, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, these guys would come in and conquer, but they would leave a remnant of people to kind of keep things up. And then they would realize, I need to put somebody in charge of them. And so he put Zedekiah in charge, uh, but he wasn't supposed to be the king, but he was there. And so in this audience with everybody, most of the people gone away and already pillaged once, then this, you know, and they're wondering, they're, they're wondering, it has just basically happened because he begins to prophesy within verse 3. He says, within two years, within two full years, and he's saying, God is saying this, will I bring into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. So he's kind of saying the rightful king is going to come back with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. And I can just imagine when they heard this, that the ones wanting to hear it were like, glory be to God. As, you know, I talk, you know, Gary talks about give them the white hanky. I bet there, I bet there was a lot of woo. People were like, go ahead, Hananiah, prophesy, prophesy. He said, I'll break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then, you know, there's always one in every crowd. There's a killjoy in every crowd. They're just like, why did you bring him to the party? You know, you know why did you bring him to the party? We want to believe what we want to believe, and you just like, you've got to throw one of these guys in here. Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priest, in the presence of the people that stood in the house of the Lord, you're talking about killing a service. 
this guy killed this. This guy broke. He killed the anointing right there. Their so-called anointing. I mean, <laughs> even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied. To bring again the vessels of the Lord of the house, uh, the vessels of the Lord's house, and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in, in thine ears, and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of the old prophet thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war, and of evil, and of pestilence. The prophets which prophesied of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. I'll stop right there. He's saying, look, many times Judah has been through this. There were prophets at times that prophesied peace that something was going to take place and when it happened you knew it was a true prophet i mean there's different ones and we don't have to go into it there, there you know when the prophet prophesied uh in in the time of uh, king jehoshaphat you know he's way before here you know jehoshaphat jehoshaphat's way before this time when uh when they all came up and that's when the prophet said you shall not need to fight in this battle go you out tomorrow well was the prophecy right? They went out the next day, and they were corpse. You know, they had killed each other in confusion. So he's saying when those things came to pass, you knew they were prophets. You knew they were true prophets. And he doesn't even, I said Sunday because I was trying to remember this, he doesn't even say at this point, Hananiah, you're a liar. He just says, if it comes to pass, it'll prove whether or not you are or you aren't. But you knew what he was saying here because he was basically sarcastically saying amen. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke off of the prophet Jeremiah's. Here, I mean, right here what we're having is a prophet showdown. you got two prophets here. He took the, the yoke off of the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord... Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now, see, you can get a lot of attention when you act real demonstrative. You can get a lot of white hankies. And he ran over with everybody watching in a big service way bigger than this. I don't know how many... Might have been there, may have been hundreds. I know the king's court was there. Zedekiah had been king, or overall he served for about nine years. But whoever was there that day, the priests, maybe other prophets, a lot of people, and Jeremiah was doing a visual demonstration with this yoke that he had on his neck. He runs over there, grabs it, and busts it up right in front of everybody and said, look, I'm, I'm showing you what God's about to do in two full years and I bet you he got a lot more white hankies because the sometimes the more demonstrative you are and the louder you speak you can get a lot of people like wired up fired up 
Uh, and Jeremiah went his way. And then the word of the Lord came unto the Jeremiah, the prophet, after Hananiah, the prophet, had, spoken the, had broken the yoke off of the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. Now here's where he starts correcting him, and he's correcting him privately, really. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the necks of, of these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I, and, and I have given him the beast of the field also. Then said the prophet Jeremiah to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the earth, the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. So did he... That, who do you think's prophesying correctly? Okay. So you bring a killjoy to the party, and then he just, you know, and he prophesies, and then what he says comes. Now, I am not saying 70 years, and I'm not saying all. I'm just giving you an example. I'm not even saying that we, and I said this Sunday, I'm not saying that we even just went with what we wanted. We went with what? we had been instructed to believe for one thing and I believe that and I explained Sunday how that God doesn't always get his his will done but I do know one thing revival is coming and here's the thing the Lord kept saying to us and I really believe it's 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 important because I don't believe we've really made any mistakes any real valid mistakes at this point but I can tell you where mistakes would be Somebody says, well, which is it, the chicken, or you got, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are you, are you dumb? <laughs> he didn't create an egg. He created a chicken, and the chicken laid the egg. There was, not a, there, was not a, there was not a fetus at all in the garden of any sort. It was all grown producers. Revival produces change. It's the spiritual that produces the change. Even when the, 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 the uh, pilgrims came here, it was out of a revival spirit that produced the nation. They wanted God more than they wanted anything else. So then when you, the Holy Spirit said through one of those prophecies, I could go back and find it. Some of you know him better than me, but uh, he said, you do, your, he, you do yourself an injustice of authority when you put all of your heart wrenching into who stands in office now do i believe it was his will absolutely so but then when it just when it galls you to the point like i'm not giving up i'm not giving up i'm part of gideon's army i'm a remnant you're not gonna i don't care how far you go but i'm not i'm not i mean i'm come on now what you begin to do then is identify and say that man he, he was going to set this nation free. Don't do that. Don't do that. And God may have a plan for him in the future, and I, I, I'd prefer that he did. Okay. Chapter 29 says this. I'll read a little bit further into chapter 29. 
not only did Jeremiah have this showdown with Hananiah, he also knew that there had been letters written to the people that were over in captivity. So it'd be like people taking people from Immokalee to Atlanta, and then there's a showdown here, but you know that there's the people in Atlanta are, have heard from Immokalee uh, that they're coming back and that's spreading around up there they're coming back and everything that was like a symbol of God like the gold and the silver of the temple it's coming back too and so Jeremiah was like you know I not only had to fix I'm, he writes this this is, a, this is his letter I not only had to fix what was going on here I had to fix what was going on there because those guys were getting false information he says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and unto the priests and the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After Jeconiah the king and the queen, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah, the Jerusalem and the carpenters, the smiths and departed from Jerusalem in the hand of Esalah, Help me there, somebody. Eshelah, okay. This Elasa, yeah, the son of uh, Shaphan, of Jeremiah, Maria, and the son of Hilkiah, of whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto the Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, "Now here's here's this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away." from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now this was his instruction. This was his, Jeremiah's instruction. And this, is, this holds a portion of something that's very vital to us in regards to these days that we live in. He says this, Jeremiah did, not the faults, but Jeremiah. Build ye houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives beget sons and daughters and take wives of your sons. In other words, he's saying, go ahead and settle in for the long haul. Go ahead and don't settle. Don't misinterpret this. Don't settle for the oppression of what we believe is not righteousness. But go ahead and settle in the peace of God. And don't think that National things are going to, well, there's going to be a chump. There's something happening in March. No, there's not going to, there's going to be a coup. No, there's not. Okay. And give your daughters to husbands that you may bear sons and daughters and that you may be increased there and not diminished. And here's an incredible, incredible, incredible wisdom from the Lord. He told them there in Babylon, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace. In other words, whatever city you go to, whatever you're, wherever you land at, be, begin to believe God for peace in that city. So here's, here's an incredible promise that no matter what happens, even if you're in a certain sense captives you'll be free 
in the environment that you create. I've heard a confession around here a few times, a mockery is in revival. And that the angels of the Lord encamp around about it. And wherever you're at and wherever any, you know, these, you know, all of you guys, I'm so proud of you. I, I can't tell you how, and I say pride in a right way, I'm so thankful for every single one of you. I don't think anybody lives here but me and Candy and Ralph and Barbara and Delia. And all of you travel from someplace else almost for your sacrifice to come here on a Wednesday night. And I, I'll tell you, I'll, I don't want to ever forget up till 37, when was that, yesterday? <laughs> up till 37, working in concrete blocks and no, being so bone tired. I don't want to ever forget that people are tired, people work hard, people drive from... You, you come from a long distance, don't you, Pastor? I, I live on the property. <laughs> so I understand, okay? So when I hear the Holy Spirit saying, be faithful, I understand there's also times where there's just going to be an impossibility for you to be here. But at the same time, uh, we're going to read a prophecy in a moment, and I'm prefacing that prophecy to say how much um, you're appreciated and how much you're loved. He said, seek the peace of that city, whether I have called... or." the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray unto the Lord for it for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace for thus saith the Lord of hosts the God of Israel let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you okay those of you over in Atlanta don't let those that guys there because there's prophets here in Immokalee there's prophets in Atlanta I'm just giving an illustration you understand prophets here in Jerusalem prophets in Babylon, don't let those prophets or diviners that are in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, neither hearken to your dreams, which, you, which ye cause to be dreamed. How can you cause a dream to be dreamed if you still want something bad enough? Okay. One thing that's happening for us now is, and I like it, I have to take responsibility that I'm growing up. The entire body of Christ is growing up. The ones that are inside, some are still not growing up because some are still in the backslidden church. And I said Sunday, and I really believe this, part of everything that God could not do had a lot to do with the backslidden church. And there is a lot of backslidden church, folks. Um, when we watched that video week before last, um, it brought out statistically that only one in four churches in America believe that the Word of God is, is the actual infallible Word of God. Well, you're backslidden if you don't believe the Word of God is the Word of God. I don't even know if you're saved. But he says, don't let, hearken, neither hearken to your dreams, which you, you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy false, so, okay, stop right there. Again, we're growing up, okay? I don't know anybody, self-included, self-included, not even all the men that I respect. I don't know any of them or any of you um, that wasn't like, that I was in touch with or whatever. I'm just saying it's across the board. Everybody received information that they passed along. And it wasn't that it was always what we wanted. Again, I'll clarify, I believe it was what he wanted. 
So we're not, don't get too, don't get too guilty here. Don't get like, oh, we just wanted this and it never was God's will. No, 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 no. Now you're not going to convince me that it wasn't God's will. I don't care what you teach or what you preach. You're not going to convince me. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> Tons of stuff don't happen that are God's will. Don't put that premise on that. But uh, I would call, I would say this, like in the field of sales or, or distribution of stuff, there's retailers, wholesalers, and manufacturers. That's it, okay? Most everybody I know, self-included, were retailers. We just passed along, forwarded. Look, this sounds good. This, some people are wholesalers. In other words, wholesalers deal in a lot bigger bulk. But I don't fault retailers or wholesalers in this at all. My fault is with looking forward to the next time or any other time is with the manufacturers. In other words, who thought up a lot of this stuff? Well, it, it was going to happen. And come on, even, even when I was retailing, there was a few times I was thinking, wait a minute, when I'd pass something along, and everybody passed stuff along. Everybody passed stuff along. Everybody even that I respected passed something along. Maybe, and we weren't always validating. It was just sometimes we're saying this is interesting. We're just, this is interesting. It wasn't always validation. But we were, in that sense, retailers. But I remember thinking on some of that stuff like, hmm, that just logically, I don't see, there's like six things there that I just can't. You're never going to get me, well, I don't say never, by his grace, because don't boast. You're never going to get me back in a place where I'm that gullible. Well, you've hardened your, no, no, no. Listen, a lot of information like get ready in the next three days, two days, one day, whatever. I'm not going to pass it along. Okay. It will happen according to God's will. Okay. Well, he said this, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name, and I have not sent them, thus uh, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, are you saying in 2091 uh, that we're going to, no, <laughs> I won't be here. You won't be here. We'll be free, brother, <laughs> but not in 70 years. That after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and in causing you to return to this place. Here's the, here, it, right in the middle of this is those verses where everybody quotes and they don't even know where it's at and they don't even know the context of where it's at. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, and I bet he does, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. This is why God's taking it real slow in a certain sense. Because some of the stuff that needs to take place in this nation, it's only going to have to come through the hand of God, the work of the Spirit, and revival as God gets in touch with men's lives. Okay, I have to move along. 
Then shall you call upon me, and, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all of your hearts. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all nations and from all places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Okay, let's, you can close your Bible or... Um, let me uh, get these guys to pass out these prophecies, please. I think there's plenty. Okay. <clears throat> now, if you're with us tonight online, um, and you're not getting one of these prophecies, go to our prophetic page. Well, how do I do that? If you'll look right up in the top right-hand corner, and there is a, um, there's a menu bar there, and next to that menu bar, it says donations, okay? And you just tap that, and it'll go to, to prophecies. So uh, once you tap that and it goes to prophecies, you tap prophecies and then it'll go to January. Well, I want to go to the, uh, the second one that's under January, which is 117. And not right off to the side, it's I got a PDF. And if you'll, you'll click that, if you'll click that, it'll go right to uh, this particular prophecy. We're going to take the, the rest of the time here to, uh, to read through this. Because this is our blueprint for, this is the beginning part of our blueprint, the beginning part, I should say, of one of the things that the Lord is saying to us here collectively, and for those of you that are watching. So hopefully you're able to read along. If, if you don't have a, uh, a way to access this, you can listen and get it, get it later. Um, the title of this prophecy is The Year of Faithfulness. What I've called you to, says the Spirit of grace, that the reward is self-induced, says the Spirit of the Lord. And he goes right into a subject here that's very pertinent for us in this hour, and that is intimacy. The intimacy that you share in fellowship with me is self-induced, is the self-induced reward of labor in my presence. For no one ever comes and enters into that place, and I like this, even through struggle, that the reward will not come back to them in the essence of peace, prosperity of soul, and even to the extent of healing of the body, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'll pause right there to say this. He's speaking specifically of private worship and corporate worship. You're going to have, at times, hard or dry seasons or a day or a time where it just feels like there's a fog against you. There's, he hasn't gone any place, and you haven't backslid. 
But if you will continue on in intimacy, and what does that mean? What's intimacy? Well, the best way to access intimacy is through worship, sweet words of adoration. Accessing intimacy through praying in tongues is one of my first steps. I start praying in tongues right after I get up. And then I'll intermittent that with, with private worship. But I understand this, and he's saying this to us, even when it doesn't feel profitable, it is going to yield us itself in a self-induced profit. And that profit is going to come about to your mind and even to your body. Your physical body is going to, to reap the reward. I like self-induced things. I don't like to have to wait on somebody else or somebody else to, to be able to get something to me. So every moment that you spend in my presence, whether in this place or in private worship, Know this, that every moment is a self-induced reward. For in my presence is fullness of joy. I inhabit the praises of my people. If I am there in your worship, whether in this house, or whether in this house, meaning the church, or other places, could be meaning private, is it any mystery to you that everything that I, I am would not be available? Like he's questioning, like, don't, don't even question that. That's everything that I am is available in, in my presence, says the Spirit of the Lord. But I'm calling you as a church, and I'm calling you as, um, as a church outside of these walls who view through the cameras. Hey, church through the cameras. I'm calling you to a place of faithfulness, in this year like never before. When he says everything is available in his presence, one thing that comes to mind is, well, I could do it through, I should probably turn through it with the pages, but Ephesians, you don't have to turn there, Ephesians 3, 17, listen to this. This is, this is to me, this is intimacy, but it accesses everything, accessorizes everything. Ephesians three seventeen says this, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, and ye being rooted and grounded in love. One of the best ways to go, well, I know tongues takes us there, but then another viable step that he's really teaching here is intimacy through worship. It's grounded in love that you may be able, I put that part in there, but it says it starts out in verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. In other words, if you're able to go to him in intimacy and spend time with intimacy, Sooner or later, everything that God is is going to come to you. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In other words, in that place of self-induced, you get it all. You really do. We're, we're working towards that. Now, editor's notes here, uh, Pastor Bronk said this, immediately the heart, in other words, interpreting kind of when people are hearing this, the heart goes out to other prophecies, even in the past year, 220, that said, you are calling us to a place of faithfulness then like never before. So it's kind of the old message coming back again. But superseding that, in other words, the Lord says, going even beyond that and going on, as I said in my word, that you are to grow from glory to glory. I'm saying to you, come unto me 
into places of faithfulness in attending to this place of intimacy and fellowship. In this place of attendance, yes, even to the attendance of this church and in the attendance online. So that's us and you, and I've already said some things concerning places of total understanding. This, this place of uh, attendance is a place of faithfulness, and only you can, before the Lord, really, truly, if you're going to go on with God, decipher where that's at. I'm telling you that the first church depended on one another as they depended on me, says the Spirit of the Lord. Their faithfulness, not only to me, but to one another, willing to give their life for one another, added that, in essence, added to the strength of the first church. It grew not only in spirit, which I would interpret or say anointing, but it grew in confidence as each man looked to their right and to their left and saw a marching army going forward that would not relent nor sit down for one another. I say unto you that even as I have said often in the, this past year that I'm raising up Joel's army. What do you think an army looks like? So that's a question to us. An army is not only faithful to its general. An army is faithful to its self-members and self-soldiers, says the Spirit of the Lord. For you to lay down is not to lay down on me, but it is to lay down on your fellow soldiers and members in the body. When he's talking about this, and I won't turn there, but in, in the first chapter of Philippians, Paul talks about himself being in jail. And he says, I, I want you to know that the things that have fallen out towards or have happened to me has fallen out rather to the prosperity of the gospel. Now I'm paraphrasing. But he said, many are growing confident to speak the gospel because of my situation. In other words, because I'm in jail, members of the body of Christ that are out there are saying, you know, if Paul can go to prison, I think I can, I think I can witness if he's sitting up there in prison, in Nero's prison, I think that that gives me, that gives me encouragement. So, so, so the Lord was saying here that the first church gave encouragement to each other. Not to sit down on one another. We must be willing, I, this is some, a note I made, if we must be willing to give our life for one another. Um, if we are, if we're willing to give our lives for one another, how much easier it should be to watch our words concerning each other for all of us. Amen? And I, I, I believe and I hope that I'm preaching to the choir. Um, listen. I'm probably the last person that needs to know if you ever have a problem with somebody. Okay? Or if somebody has a problem with you. Your first thing that you do is you go to them. If I ever have to get involved, it's only because you've exhausted everything. You know what I found out about when I think somebody has a problem with me or I got a... Prayer usually just fix it at all. 99% of the time, it'll just, it'll just evaporate and go away. But I sure don't. 
If I got a problem, if some, if I think somebody's got a problem with me, or you got a problem, or this, that, and the other, I don't have to mention it to you. What, what do you have to do? You can't fix it. I'll bet you, and I don't have Facebook, but oh God, I bet you there's some stuff on there with my people. Y'all pray for me. I'm having problems with a brother in the church. I'm not going to mention any names, but glory to God, I know God's going to bring us through. <laughs> my God, you need to be slapped. <laughs> More editor's notes, Pastor Bronk said this, and now he's going to speak real specifically. I can see him coming, and all I meant by saying that is I can hear a specific, I can see this, where the Lord's taking this. It might seem peculiar to some, um, and now the Lord begins to speak. Even when you're getting ready to come to services and the enemy attacks you, when he attacks you in your body or in your emotions or in distractions in the home, whether it is to come to this physical location or to be attentive and faithful online, so church online, listen, know this, when you push past, when you get out of bed, when you dress yourself, or when you come and start the streaming and sit there and are faithful, Know that you're not only warring for yourself, you're pushing past obstacles, whether in your body or distractions or home or emotions. It's not just for yourself, but it's for the army, says the Spirit of the Lord. It's for your fellow brothers and sisters, says the Spirit of the Lord. It's so, it's so important that we realize what we mean to one another. It really is. Um, I, I, the value of it is incredible. Uh, People speaking into my life. I need Jim Martin. I need Gary Carpenter. Uh, I need different ones. But I need you just as much as I need them. I need Harry and Robert, Sister Barbara, and Sherry, and, and Gay, and Ralph, and, you know, Terry, and Kirsten, all right on around. Um, I need you because we're part of a body, and we create an atmosphere. I need, he may be watching tonight. I, he, he probably is. He does probably often. I need Steve Lucero. I need Steve. If he's here, I'd bring him up. Steve, if you're watching, I'm talking good about you. <laughs> if you watch from time to time, you'll notice that there's a young man that comes forward who has a challenge. We've talked a few times, elders not trying to do anything wrong or segregate. They've just tried to help me. They've said, what what would you like for us to do? Um, we can seat Steve here or there or whatever um, because he, he doesn't mean to. Steve, if you're listening, this is all good. This is going to end really bragging on you, buddy. Um, but noise sometimes, disability that causes a lot of uh, temporary distractions at times. But Steve came to me years ago privately and said in tears just about, he said, please help me. Please help me. He, he knows enough to know. And you know, Steve, he, he, Steve has conveyed to me he wants a family. He said, please help me. I said, Steve, I won't stop. I'll keep going in. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to say, no, Steve, you know what? <laughs> mm, buddy, I got, I got, uh, 
I got a half a dozen hunting trips next year planned. I, I, I can't, I can't, or no, Steve, I, I've got a, I, I, you know, I'd really like to help you, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get rich. I'm not, I'm saying this as if I wasn't a pastor. No, Steve, I'm, I got a, a lot, you know, I'd really like to fast and pray for you, but I've got so much going on. No, sir. No, Steve, I, I can run. I can lift weights. My body works good. I got a family. I got a bank account. I got a bunch of credit cards. I got a nice truck. I got a nice car. I really can't slow down enough. I can't, I can't do that. And, and you're here because you can't do that. I need Steve. And so I've told the guys, I said, so what do we, we want to serve you, Pastor? What's the best? I said, no, let's. And I've told him, I, I told Steve, I said, you, you're personally invited to sit on the front row. I want to put you where I'm always seeing what I'm after. And yeah, it'd be more convenient for me at times. <laughs> I have to look at Harry. Harry, <laughs> say something. <laughs> I want Steve on the front row, and I want, because I want to see what I need. I need him just as much as I need Jim Martin, just as much as I need Gary Carpenter, just as much as I need you, just as much as I need anybody that's doing anything for me in this church. He says, For the Lord says, that I see a river, I see a river. But what makes up that river are many streams and many tributaries. Now he's talking about creating an anointing here, an atmosphere. Many streams, many tributaries that are faithful to pour into one river. Know this, says the Spirit of the Lord, that your faithfulness to the, to the house of God in this next year, which is this year now he's talking about, even though it was prophesied in this year, he's talking about this one. Your faithfulness to be attentive and to know and to be one that will join arms with fellow believers and, and fellow soldiers will save lives, says the Spirit of the Lord. It is not just the pulpit. Have I not told you time and time again that Joel's army will not be just pulpit ministry? In other words, it's not Pastor Bronk. It's not somebody that stands in this pulpit. It's not just through the pulpit that I will minister to people. Even in services, you're joining together that creates an atmosphere, an atmosphere for believers to be healed, both here and online, will be part of the flow of my spirit. Your, attended, or your attendance to church will save lives. People will not commit suicide because you push past your own weaknesses and stand in the gap. Even when you don't feel like being in the house of God, and he, this is where I said, you know, this gets real specific. Divorces will be diverted in the next five to ten years because you are faithful. I, I don't think all this stuff up myself. I just, I can hear it, and I have to say it. This is God. Divorces will be diverted the next five to ten years because of your faithfulness to push past and not make excuses of why you could be a, uh, cannot be a part of it. When you put aside your own fight to fight for others, you are doing what I have called is ministry for the body, says the Spirit of the Lord. Now you have a choice in this year, he says. You can be selfish and put your eyes upon you and me and just think. 
just you and me. But I say unto you, there is no just you and me relationship in me, says the Lord. That said pretty good. You know, and I'm not smart enough to come up with that stuff. <laughs> I'll read that again, the way the Lord said that. You can be selfish and put your eyes upon you and me and just think, just you and me. But I say unto you, there is no just you and me relationship in me, says the Lord. It is you and me and the body. And whatever you do with me will be also interpreted out to what I can do in the body, says the Lord. I have no isolated children. I have no islands that I go to to minister to. One day you will stand with billions in a collective place of worship and you will look to your right and to your left and the horizon will disappear and you will be with millions and billions and you will know that that river was the river that you are part of. It's the last paragraph. We're getting close. Let me just say this and explain the, the collectiveness of people coming together who fight past um, and get here. So he, what he's trying to create is your value. Your value and then your value with each other. And, and, and I can't tell you how much I do. I, I'll just third time I think in the service to tell you how much you're coming here and many of you driving and some of you that didn't make it tonight but I'm just believing there's a good reason um, maybe this was one of those weeks you know that you were really tired or had to stay home with kids or whatever um, but when you're normally able on a consistent basis you know what uh, and again, I always, because I, I guess I'm trying to think for people a far enough advance. I, I realize I live on the property. I realize I, I'm like two seconds. I realize all that. But at the same time, I think if I wasn't and I was called to a church and I'm, what would be my prerequisites? What would be, you know, called to a, as I, if I was an elder, but I wasn't a pastor? I would like, there may be times where I bone tired and I couldn't, I just absolutely, or I was out of town or this, that, and the other, or it just, and you know, those are acceptable. But normally, here's where I'm at. When he's talking about pushing past emotions and pushing past things, if, if I... My justification would be this. If I would call in sick to work for this issue, if I treat, if, if I could justify, then that's justifiable. But if I would go to work and not, in other words, unless you had something you thought was contagious, but a backache usually is not contagious. <laughs> Or a headache, but sometimes a headache is really will cripple you too, I know. I don't want to get into specifics because I, I may get unnecessarily. But what I'm, do you understand? If you, if you would say, I can't make this doctor's appointment because I, I'm too, uh, things are too rough for me, that's justifiable. But if you would go to a doctor's appointment but not come to church on that same issue, to me, that's unjustifiable. Okay. 
You will not, he says this when he said all this about us standing with the billions. He said, you will not lose your identity in me. Your importance to me is as important as all the masses put together. But all the masses put together are made up of that place of the individual obeying, obeying, obeying. I have said much about obedience unto righteousness and not falling away to the sins of the flesh in recent days in this house. I'd say, I'd say yes, Lord, and for the last several years. But I'm telling you that obedience to righteousness goes beyond just moral sins. Obedience to righteousness is to be faithful one to another and faithful to my call. Many of you are in a place of advancement. As an army, as an, as an army parade, I am stepping to the podium to give a reward. To many of you that have come to a place of precipice, where there is a medal of honor that is about to be placed upon you. And that medal of honor will be, now here he defines it, walking into a place of anointing like you've never known. Do not sit down before this parade begins, says the Spirit of the Lord. Move in further, cry out in your own hearts, or your own heart, that all excuses are eliminated out of your life. For I have a reward that is coming, but as I said, the reward is self-induced. It is now, it is present tense, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.